Welcome to episode 18 of the Retronym Podcast, and today I'll be talking about The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess. To this day, I do not think that there is a single other game other than this one I'm going to be talking about today that has hit me harder with the pre-release hype and the need to pre-order it and experience it on the first day of its release than The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Now you might be wondering, whoa, that did not turn out the way I expected. Why were you excited about The Twilight Princess? Well, let me tell you a little bit about my, my history with this game as well as what led up to it. So The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, obviously it was originally going to be released on just the GameCube, but then it was announced later on that it was going to be basically dual release with the GameCube and the Nintendo Wii, probably known as the Revolution at that time. I don't really remember. The timeline of events kind of muddled in my brain. But it was announced as a launch game for the Wii, day and date with the Wii. You go pick up your Wii at the store, you can get a copy of Twilight Princess on it. And it plays in a different way than the GameCube. So obviously, this sounds like it's going to be the primo launch game. Now, a little bit of information about how I got my Wii. Here's the short version. My dad actually, when I was, I guess if I was pre-ordering it in 2006, I was maybe 17 at the time. Let's go with that. 17 at the time, junior in high school. And I'm homeschooled at this time, so I don't actually have to go and, you know, do the regular school things. So my dad dropped me off in the middle of, you know, Palmdale, California, if you've ever been there, into the mall where GameStop was going to be doing some, I think it was 7 a.m. pre-orders for the Nintendo Wii. And obviously with Twilight Princess as well. So, you know, I'm there, I'm saving up money and everything, and I'm just like, I gotta get a pre-order for this Wii. It was at this point in my, you know, Nintendo fan development that I had actually printed out a calendar for the Nintendo Wii release. I think Nintendo actually released the calendar itself, and I was counting down every single day for the Wii for like three months solid just to keep track of it. I was very, very hyped about the system. So I was able to pre-order my Wii. I think it was like seven in line out of 11 possible pre-orders. And I was there for about four hours or so. My dad dropped me off really early. This was like 3.30, 4 o'clock. And I was by myself. And this was before cell phones. So, well, not before cell phones, but I definitely did not have a cell phone at this time. So I was in a pretty precarious situation as it is. You know, just, just being in this area that's just like, oh, it's actually known for its crime. So... That being said, I successfully pre-ordered the Wii, and I think two months later, after I pre-ordered it, it finally came out. I grabbed my copy of the Wii, of, sorry, Twilight Princess. I grabbed the Wii, grabbed the classic controller, grabbed 2,000 Wii points, took that home that day. We played a little Wii Sports first, just to kind of get into, like, you know, this is the proper way to experience this console for the first time. You actually have to play Wii Sports. But then I put in my copy of The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess and played it until the Wii hours of the morning. I probably sat there and played like five to six hours straight in my room and I couldn't like be happier. The glee that was like within me like just rose to the top and I was just positively floored by what this game was actually showing us because I liked Wind Waker. I really did. Like I had no problem with the cell shaded cartoon link like aesthetic that they were going for. I actually really liked it. Like I didn't, I was not a hater whatsoever. I actually pre-ordered that game too with the strategy guide. I was very much all into the Wind Waker boat, 
But I couldn't deny, like at the time, you know, you're you're an edgy teenager and you want to say something a little bit more quote unquote serious and mature. But, you know, the Twilight Princess definitely looked like what we were looking for in a game. Those striking visuals with Link turning into a wolf. It's like the pain on his face that you can see as he's undergoing this transformation and going to this new world. Like, number one, that's like super metal. That's super awesome. Like he's feeling, I guess, emo, I guess, would be the, the better way, but like in a cool way. And seeing that was cool. But then also second, just like, the throwbacks to, you know, the dual worlds and like the dual timelines and everything. And the Legend of Zelda really likes to play with a lot of that duality. You know, you have the light and dark world, you have the the past and the future in Ocarina of Time, and you have the the dichotomy between the regular Hyrule and Termina and Majora's Mask. And I think it's great. I think they really play with that a lot, very well. And I still think they do really well with that. That being said, though, it's like... I, I really like this game. It's just like I'm just cruising along and I'm just experiencing the story and everything. And there's just a lot going going on here. And I make it probably like 25 hours of the way through. And then all of a sudden I, ju- I just stop playing. And I'm not really sure why I ever did. But to this day, I haven't picked up the game like ever again. Like I got 25 hours into it and I honestly couldn't tell you like where I was. I know I probably made it past like the snow area and pretty decently far into the game. I remember seeing, I believe, a cutscene about Ganondorf being like sealed away or something like that. But to this day, like, I'm not really sure why I quit. And, you know, unfortunately, I do have that general habit with like modern Zelda games, like older Zelda games, I could play those. I could go back and replay them. I usually stick with them until I'm finished, unless it's the Minish Cap, in which case that game can just go burn in a fire because this is a terrible game, in my opinion, and I don't like it. But, like, 3D Zelda games, I just, I don't stick with them very much. To this day, I've still never beaten Ocarina of Time, or Majora's Mask, or I've never actually beaten Wind Waker on my own. Wind Waker on my own. My brother actually is the one who did that. Still haven't beaten Twilight Princess. Started Skyward Sword and just really disliked it. Breath of the Wild, I think, is the last like Zelda game that I've finished that's 3D. Like I think maybe the first Zelda game I finished in 3D. I'm not really sure. But there's just this disconnect I had with the game, and I just really don't know what it was. But I, I do really appreciate the game for what it was accomplishing. You know, releasing it on both consoles maybe wasn't like the best idea at the time. And obviously Breath of the Wild followed a similar route with being released on the Wii U and the Switch. And obviously everyone went for the Switch version, just like everyone went with the Wii version of Twilight Princess. But I don't know. I I don't know if it ever hurt them or whatnot. I did find it interesting that the entire game was like basically the mirror mode version of the GameCube and that the GameCube version is actually like the original vision of the game and the Wii version and everything's just flipped because obviously... Link is left-handed for the majority of the Zelda games that actually exist. But in order to, you know, make it actually work with the motion controls on the Wii, and because, you know, I think the statistic is that 90% of people in the world are right-handed, obviously you're going to need to, like, switch the controls over to the right hand somehow. And I guess just trying to imagine how that actually plays out was too much for people to handle, so they just flipped the entire game and... Link is right-handed for the entirety of The Twilight Princess on the Wii, which is interesting. 
I, I don't really know much to say about that other than like, it's interesting how this, you know, like genetic, like phenomenon in the world and the stats associated with it had them completely change how a game is played, completely change like the vision, like re- not reverse the, the, the vision, but completely flip flop the vision that the original creators had. So it's like, huh, artistically, I wonder what that does to you and like what they thought of at the time, like the designers and programmers and artists and all that. It's just like, we have to completely like give this game like a mirror image version. It's like, hmm, that must be a little off-putting possibly. I don't know. I'm not really an artist, so I don't know what that would like do to you to just see like all of your work completely change and seen from a different perspective. I don't know if that, you know, with mirroring the world like that, if that, you know, they even thought about it in that way. But as an artist, I'm not an artist, but as an artist, I would wonder, I guess that sounds pretentious. I wonder how an artist would take that. I don't know the answer to that either. I'm just, you know, throwing out food for thought there. But the Twilight Princess, it's, I really wish I could just go back and play it, honestly, and (laughs) give it its due because it was super cool. Like, like, I'm not going to lie. It was really, really neat. You know, it, it had some of that darkness and grittiness and everything. And I think, like, one of the worst parts of the game is that outside of, like, you know, your your main characters, a lot of the character designs are, like, really gross and grubby. Like, I'm just thinking about all the characters that work alongside Link that are in, like, the, whatever that tavern or inn area was. I don't really remember. But it's just, like, really, like, kind of ugly designs. <laughs> and everybody's just got, like, giant anime foreheads for whatever reason. I've, I've never really understood that particular <laughs> design choice. But I guess I can respect that they put it into the game. I don't remember any kid having a big old, like, Louie, like, hanging from his nose, like, in Wind Waker. So I guess, you know, Twilight Princess is one notch ahead just in that particular department. But as far as, you know, Twilight Princess goes, I did. Has it ever gotten released on the Switch? I don't think it has. I'm pretty sure that went to Skyward Sword. But I would definitely love to try this again, especially, like, on the Switch. Like, playing this game on the go, I think that would definitely solve a lot of my issues with having quit before because it's just like you're you're tailored to the tv i can't be tailored to the tv anymore back then i don't know why i didn't like continue with it and that's just you know my fault as a gamer but these days i i don't want the tv to have to i don't want to rely on that to have to be able to play my games i just want to be able to play my games on the go you know and i'm a you know completely self-absorbed consumer that just wants everything my way but you know that's that's kind of how it is being a consumer a consumer of these video games so that's really all I have to say about Twilight Princess, like beautiful music, beautiful environments, eh, character designs. But I, I don't know. I really appreciated some of the, yeah, I guess, m- more mature tone that they took with it, even though they may not have like gone like, well, I mean, Wind Waker had a mature tone too, even though it had a cartoony aesthetic. But I, I guess what they tried to do is kind of emulate that Ocarina of Time style, or at least how everybody thinks about Ocarina of Time and try to put it in a, a different spin. And I could appreciate that. So please, Nintendo, please bring it to the Switch so that I can finally finish the game and see how it ends. I really don't even know how it ends. Like, Zelda's in the game, right? I'm pretty sure she is. Pretty sure Light Arrows play, you know, a huge part. Who is Midna? I don't even know who Midna is. I didn't even get that far into the game to find out. So uh, don't spoil it for me, everybody. Just just let me be. Let me be ignorant. So please, Nintendo, bring it out to the Switch. Twilight Princess Switch. Come on. It's it's a win-win there. Come on. The fans get to play it, and you get to re-release the game and make money. Money's that thing you like, right? So do it. Do it now. 
Thank you for listening to the Retronym Podcast. You can find me at Twitter with the username at Retronym, that's spelled R-E-T-R-O-N-I-M, and through email at theretronym at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, subscribe, and all of that other fun stuff. I don't even know what it is. You can also check out my other podcast, Henshin Dad, if you are curious about the wide world of tokusatsu. Thanks again for taking time to listen to me today, and until next time, keep enjoying the games that you love.